I don't remember what it was. There was some radio program years and years and years ago, and they always said, this is the best music this side of heaven. Well, they were wrong. Uh, that was here this morning. Uh, Mrs. Brown and Mrs. Peavy are sisters. <laughs> Kim, did I get that right? Okay, they're not really mother and daughter. Uh, and uh, Mr. McCreary, wherever he got to, and our choir and our musicians. Thank you, one and all. Uh, what a joy. For a long time, I have said, when we had music like we had this morning, <clears throat> that I'm just going to get up and, and pronounce a benediction. Uh, you, you've, you've had plenty of worship here this morning. There's no question about that, and it's been good. The problem is I just haven't been able to bring myself to do that. And I know you're greatly surprised at that, aren't you? But we do thank you, all of you who've had a part in our music program, and especially our music this morning. If you would, please find your hymnal once again and turn to the back of it. Number 647. Responsive reading. This is Communion Sunday here at Wake Chapel. We observe communion quarterly. There are churches that do this every Sunday, and there are churches that do it quarterly, and then there are other times when it's done. And it really makes no difference when. The fact is, churches celebrate communion, and thank God for that. And that's what it's all about. It is about Him, His death, burial, and resurrection, and what He has done for us. That's what it's all about. And so the frequency of communion has never been a thing of concern for me. Uh, when I came to Wake Chapel, it was being done on a quarterly basis, and that's what I had been accustomed to prior to that. And uh, that's something that we have continued. In honor of the reading of the Word of God, would you stand with me, please? Six hundred forty-seven in your hymnal, and we will read responsively. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Let 
For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened, Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. God always blesses the reading of His Holy Word. You may be seated. Here at Wake Chapel Christian Church, we do not believe in so-called closed communion. And again, I don't ever want to stand in the pulpit and, and condemn uh, methods used by other churches and whatever. I grew up in a church that believed and practiced closed communion. And what that means is that you have to be a member of that particular church in order to celebrate communion with them. Well, uh, I suppose that's all well and good, but uh, I have always believed that this table is the Lord's table. It doesn't belong to Wake Chapel Church. This is the Lord's table. And He is the one who invites people to come to this table. And He is the only one, I believe, who can exclude anyone from this table. The new birth gives us to a place at this table. How is it that we can come? How is it that we, when these elements are passed, that we can partake of these things? It begins with the new birth coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, realizing that we have sinned and come short of the glory of God, realizing that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in that same book, book of Romans, uh, God committed His love toward us. Now, those next words are crucial. In that while we were yet sinners. Did you get that? First, God commends His love toward us. In spite of the fact that we're sinners. And if we put our faith and trust in Him, He forgives us our sins. We are redeemed. We not only have a place at the table, but we have a place in heaven. Amen. So the new birth gives us a place at the table to be cleansed from all known sin gives us a right to exercise that title. In other words, we've, because of the new earth, we have a right. But to have a right to exercise what we have been given depends upon being cleansed from known sin. That's what we just read. And the requirement... For the believer, for the child of God, to be cleansed from his sin is confession. I wonder, and I say this quite frequently and I don't apologize for it. All who are part of Wake Chapel Church know that we have communion on a quarterly basis. 
Before you came to church this morning, you knew, if you thought about it at all, you knew that we had communion this morning. This is the first Sunday of New Quarter. Please allow me to ask a penetrating question. Did you prepare for communion this morning? Before you came to church, did you prepare for communion? Pastor, how do I prepare? Confession of your sins. Have you taken time either last night before you went to bed, when you got up this morning, to confess your sins? Not just some hurried slap through, Lord, forgive me. But to think about the fact that we have sinned and come short of the glory of God and confess to Him that which He already knows. Confession basically is a word that means to say the same thing as God says about our sins. That they are sins. I wonder if all who are within the sound of my voice have taken a few minutes, some time, in confession of sin before coming to this hour of worship. To have sin that is unconfessed in our lives, the words that we read from God's Word, 1 Corinthians, it says that we partake of this table in an unworthy manner. None of us want to do that. I realize in the busy schedules of 2017, it may be for good cause that there's someone in this worship service this morning who for reason of time and other constraints perhaps has not taken moments in confession. I realize that. And I want us as a a, a body of believers, before we go any further, to take a few moments and confess our sins to the Lord. May I say to you, dear people, God already knows our sins. You know, the amazing thing, and I think all pastors find it out sooner or later, uh, there are people who think if they don't say anything about their sins, or if uh, somebody hadn't sinned, that, that nobody knows. Well, may I say to you very kindly, your Father in heaven knows, and He didn't have to be told. But confession is saying what He says about our sins, that they are, in fact, sins. They're contrary to His will. There are things that we've done that he doesn't want us to, he hasn't wanted us to do. Or there are things that we've left undone that we should have done. That's a sin too, dear people. So if you would please, nobody looking around. Young people, join with us in this. Don't be looking around. Nobody looks around. Would you bow your heads right now? Close your eyes. And just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I have sinned. And then be specific about it.
and ask for his cleansing. Shall we pray? Our Lord, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we need that bath of confession. We need to be clean before you. The Bible also tells us that love suffers long and is kind. Love envieth not. It is not puffed up. It's not rude. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Rejoices not in evil, but rejoices in truth. Beareth all things. Is not suspicious. It hopes. It endures all things. The same author, the Apostle Paul, said, Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. These are the things that the Spirit of God produces in the life of the child of God. From the Old Testament, we remember Isaiah, Woe is me! A prophet of God, woe is me, he said. I am undone. Mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And I am a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Lord, we've often known better than the things that we have deliberately done. And then there are some things that you wanted us to do that for reasons of sloth or coldness of heart, we haven't done. And your promise is that he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. We thank you for the loving grace of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our deacons serve communion on a rotating basis, and the gentlemen who have agreed to serve this morning, I invite them to join me on the platform, please. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Deacon Joy Best will lead us in prayer for the bread. Right. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, God, as we come to this time... Lord, we dedicate it to you, Lord. We ask that you help us to remember the sacrifice that your body made for us, Lord. That ultimately, the, the, the sacrifice that was given gives us eternal salvation. We pray that this time will help us to be renewed in spirit and guide us and direct us as we leave this place. In Christ's name, amen.
Jesus said, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In like manner also after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I'd like to call on Deacon Tim Beck to lead us in prayer for the cup. Let's pray. God in heaven, as we take this sweet cup, representing the blood of Christ. If there's one in this room that does not know you, I pray that it leaves a bitter taste in their mouth, God, until they do come to know you. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen. This cup represents his shed blood in our behalf. He said, this do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. If you will place your cups on the table. So that you will know, folks seated in the overflow just behind us, as well as all the folks in the nursery, are part with us in celebration of communion. They are always served just the same as we are here in the sanctuary. Normally, at communion time, we close the communion service by saying something to the effect that after that first Lord's table, they simply sang a hymn and went out. I don't like to change things that are in the Scripture. I I, I very seldom do that for any reason. But this morning, uh, there's another note that we need to add uh, before we conclude this service. Last month, I celebrated my 75th birthday. And all God's people said? (laughs) I don't feel like I'm 75. But then again, I've never been 75, so I don't know what I'm supposed to feel like. (laughs) Sad part about it is calendars don't lie. It got me to reminiscing about other milestones in my life, and in Scripture, how they come before us. I believe God thinks a lot about milestones. 
We read in the Old Testament back in 1 Samuel 4 and 1 Samuel 7 how the nation Israel established milestones and or markers to remind future generations of God's goodness to His people. He gave Israel a specific marker called an Ebenezer. And the word Ebenezer means stone of helping. Now, we don't have Ebenezers today, but we do have milestones throughout our lives which are reminders of God's goodness and God's grace to us. Things like birthdays and things like anniversaries. I will celebrate a milestone, another milestone in my life in the coming months. The first Sunday in September will mark my 30th anniversary as senior pastor. While reflecting on God's enabling and your grace, the thought has come to me with peace in my heart that I believe it is time for me to pass the baton to someone else. At this time, I am announcing my retirement as of the 30th, my 30th anniversary here, which will be on the first Sunday of September. You people have been enormously gracious and kind to me, to Louise, and to my family. You've put up with my foibles. I love you, and I thank you. But again, I have a peace in my heart that says, you're 75 years old, man. And the calendar's not going to back up. You can wish it all you want, but the calendar's not going to back up. And 30 years here. Um, a few weeks back, uh, we took our taxes to the gentleman here in town who's lived here longer than we have. And uh, he said, uh, how long y'all been in White Chapel? 30 years. You're kidding. No church, these are his words, not mine, okay? No church in Wake Chapel ever keeps a pastor that long. Now that's what he said, and he's lived here longer than I have. He said, really? September, first Sunday, was my first Sunday here, 87. 1987. <clears throat> I simply do not have words to express the depth of my love to your people for your goodness, for your kindness, for your generosity. At a later date, nonetheless, though I don't have words to express this, I'm going to attempt to do so. Again, uh, beyond your love and your listening to me for these many years, 
I thank God, and so does my wife, for your friendship. I'm grateful to the Lord for that. You extended your friendship to the Marians. We are grateful. Now, I had to put some things on paper because if I, I knew if I didn't, I'd keep you here till 3 o'clock. Uh, and next time I might. But uh, Louise and I are going to slip out. And the reason for that is if I and my wife tried to greet you at the back door, we would be here till the next time UNC plays for the championship. <laughs> we do love you. We will chat on another occasion and give me further opportunity to express my gratitude and Louise to do the same. Now, we usually close by singing, Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. I don't want to do that this morning. Uh, David Brown, you and our orchestra people will, and if you're here in the congregation, turn in your hymn book to number 542. I won't past past September be seeing you every Sunday. But there's another reunion that I look forward to. And that's what this hymn's about. May I ask you if I can use a term that my English teachers, whom I love dearly here in this congregation, would probably chide me over using. Don't sing this in a mousy tune. You know... Put your heart in it and sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Remember, dear people, this isn't about a pastor, okay? If it were about me, I have failed in 30 years of ministry here. It's not about me. When we see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. He is the one.